welcome to the Green Majority here on CIUT 89.5 FM. This is, in fact, our special, special. two-hour show. Special. Live. Uh, we'll be bringing you live from both the march here in Toronto as well as the as live from the march in yes. Ottawa. Yes, we will. Uh, this is Stephen Hostetter, one of your co-hosts. Saren Kaster is on, is teching right now, and David Hostetter in the studio. You can feel the electricity in the air. Honestly, uh, the walk here uh, was uh, inspiring alone. I was swarmed by children. Yes, there are so, so many high schoolers uh, flooding towards they the Queen's Park They right complimented me now. on my uh, reusable cup. Well, they were quite stoked. Wow. Uh, well, here is a day to remember, and we are uh, blessed that COT gave us the opportunity to do a two-hour show, and we are not going, uh, we're, not, we're going to give you something special for that. Mm. So the, the show, for those of you uh, who might want to know what's going on, is going to be a, we're going to c- talk to some of the, the organizers. Uh, we've got interviews with Climate Justice Toronto. We've got interviews with, uh, with Fridays for Future Toronto as well, uh, as well as Amara Poisson from the 350.org is going to come in to tell us a bit about how, what makes this moment uh, special and different. And we have sounds from the entire week. Yes, we have sounds from the entire week, which we'll get to in half a second. And as we also have, uh, last week you may remember, we broke news on the climate emergency, and we have M.A. Ma from the executive director of the Toronto Environmental Alliance. Talking further about that. Yes, bringing back the conversation about what, uh, and maybe what one of the greatest bring backs, uh, like one of the biggest things that might come out of this week uh, is this climate emergency declaration, which we'll talk about as well. For Toronto. For Toronto, exactly. So this... uh, Already the march appears to be... Massive. Yes, I, I really do think that this is going to be big, and so we'll be coming. We'll have live hits from the march coming up soon. But first, we want to give you a sense of sort of that this is not just one day. This has been a, this has been a week of action. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, Dave, you uh, on Monday went to join a roadblock, and so we're bringing you some 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 hits from a roadblock. You yes, the roadblock happened on Monday, September twenty third, uh, Young and Dundas. Please uh, give that a play. This is David Hostetter for the Green Majority. I am standing here at Young and Dundas Square in downtown Toronto. Uh, The time is around 5.54 or so. We are going to take the intersection at six and hold it for 15 minutes as a climate protest against inaction. Okay, so please say your name and why you're here. Uh, my name is Cal Stewart. Uh, the reason I'm here right now at Young and Dundas is to get out onto the streets and make people aware of the climate crisis which is going on right now. Uh, this isn't something which is being discussed in mainstream media as much as it should be. Uh, so I've taken to collective grassroots action right here on the streets to get people informed before the upcoming election. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. I'm Nancy, a Unitarian Universalist, and I'm here because in our congregation we care about our world and we want to see a world for our grandchildren and for all the animals and living things on earth okay so my name is lynn evans i'm with the unitarian universalists and i'm really worried about the, the planet and i'm an old lady and i'm just worried about the future generations and i'm trying to do what i can uh, my name is ron mckay and I'm here to, uh, to make people aware and give information on the climate emergency that we're, uh, we're undergoing right now. Please join us. Come into the intersection and stay there. Yes, we will be stopping traffic. Because why? Because we care. And if you care, you too will be there for 15 minutes. We're people of faith. We're environmentalists. We're politicians. We're just... 
My name is Tim Ellis. I'm uh, with Lead Now, and I'm here because it's time to take bold action. We need to do it. Thank you very much. Yeah, a lot. All right, we are taking we are we are taking the intersection now. Banners on the outside. Banners on the outside. Let's make a tight little square here in the intersection. Tight little square, guys. Over there, can you move for, forward here? Move back, back, back. Let's make a tight intersection square here. Come into the intersection and join. Reverend us. Sherry DeNovo is speaking now. Who are we? We are people of faith. Who are we? We are supported by 51 Division. Could somebody please explain to our drivers and hand them a brochure to explain why we are demanding that they stop for just 15 minutes and focus on the health of our planet. Focus on the health of our planet. If you care, you'll be there and there is here. So join us in the intersection. If you care about the health of your climate and your planet, if you care about the future of your children. And so I'm gonna ask, what do we want? And you're gonna say, climate action. What do we want? When do we want it? What do we want? When do we want it? What do we want? When do we want it? Uh, we have a number of speakers. The very first speaker that we have, and we're delighted that she's here. Terry, thank you for everybody who's coming out here today. Thank you to all the drivers for your patience. If this planet burns down, that will be a much greater inconvenience than stopping your car for a few minutes. I don't know how many of you have had the chance to hear Greta Thunberg's speech to the UN today, but if you haven't, you must listen to it. She was enraged. She was furious. And she did an incredible job of holding world leaders to account. She said, how dare you? How dare you mouth words that say you understand us and you hear us and yet you do nothing. And she's right because every child is going to have that rage. Every one of you is gonna have that rage when the planet reaches a boiling point in so very few years before the end of our lifetimes. And our children will have no quality of life. We will have no planet there is, as you've heard, no planet B. We need to hold our political leaders to account now. It's not about fine words. It's not about saying, oh yes, we hear you. It is about action real action. We need to end our dependence on fossil fuels. We need to transition to green energy. We need a new relation to the planet. We need a new relation to indigenous peoples. We need a justice. We need climate justice and climate action, and we need it now. Sarah Farima, what do we want? When do we want it? What do we want? When do we want it? Now. What do we want? When do we want it? Now. Uh, yes, uh, and uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring to your attention is it's not partisan here. We are talking about you, whatever your political beliefs. Some dudes on the street are getting a bit angry. They're not having it. <laughs> We're chilling. Some of them are yelling at some banners. Not too much anger happening. Most people look rather curious, rather chill. Some was one one person dancing. We're hanging out. It's good. It's good. Sherry DeNovo continues to speak.
board. Governments on board, that's what we're demanding. And it's also a myth. It's also a myth that the right wing is not doing anything about the climate crisis. They're doing something. They're building walls. They're being racist. They're keeping immigrants out and refugees out. That's what the right wing is doing about the climate crisis. What are you going to do about the climate crisis that involves justice, that involves mercy, that involves... Another very good-looking man has joined, covered in, uh, covered in signs, looking great, great costume, chilling. So come into the center of the road and join us. And Sherry DeNovo continues to preach to the masses. It has been sacred for thousands of years. Before we drove our cars, before we built Eden centers, this land is native land. And for thousands of years before we were here, this land was respected. We need to respect it now. So what do we want? When do we want it? Now. What do we want? Action. When do we want it? Now. One of our great allies is Extinction Rebellion. Brian, I'm talking to you. Uh, Brian was just on my radio show today, and he was talking about the week of climate justice action. And now he's going to tell you about the three demands of Extinction Rebellion and what's happening this week. Okay, well, it's great to see so many people out here today and all the passers-by wondering what we're doing. Well, we're shutting down this road for a while, inconveniencing people because there's a climate crisis, and we're in for a lot more inconvenience as time goes on. And uh, we're here as Extinction Rebellion. We have three demands. We want governments to tell the truth about what's actually happening with the climate. It's much worse than the mainstream would have you know. The other thing is we need governments to take real, aggressive, drastic action to cut carbon emissions. The X, XR goal is net zero by 2025. And the third demand is to go beyond politics. We need more democracy in how we run our eco economy. We need to make decisions about what happens with the climate and with the, the ecological crisis with more democracy from the grassroots. And I'll just tell you a little bit about what's happening this week. Uh, uh, XR will be out uh, at the corner of St. George and Bloor tomorrow, 5.30 to 7. Some people are starting to honk their horns a bit more. Some of the cars are getting a bit more upset. I see absolutely no police. Absolutely. We're moving for an ambulance. The ambulance comes through. We let the ambulance through. We're taking the street back. The, uh, the cars are still chilling. There's more ambulances coming. We're moving away for the ambulances again. Some of the cars are honking. Nobody seems all that angry. Another man is speaking. Okay, we gotta all come together here. The people gonna rise like the water. Gonna crisis, crisis now. Hear the voice of my great granddaughter saying, "Climate action now." The people gonna rise like the water. We're gonna face this crisis now. Hear the voice of my great granddaughter saying, "Climate action now." 
The people going to rise like the water. We're going to face this crisis now. I hear the voice of my great granddaughter. We have a Toronto fire truck moving through now. We're letting them through very quickly, very easily. They easily came through. We are still. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? When do we want it? Now. We're going to, after this fire truck goes by, we're going to hear from Lead Now. Oh, thank you, 51 Division. Thank you for being here. Thank you. The police have arrived. The police have arrived. They're not. They're chilling. They haven't done anything yet. We are moving for yet another fire truck to move. The fire truck is moving. Thank you. Thank you for 51 Division for helping us. Thank you to our firefighters and our paramedics. We take the street after and the fire truck moves again. Now. And now Tim Ellis from Lead Now is speaking. Tim Ellis, I'm an organizer with Lead Now, but before that I was a rave DJ. So my past was full of making music and throwing parties, and man, I would love if that was my future too. But instead I got to be here because that future is being stolen from me. That kind of future is being stolen from all of us. This is not a natural disaster we're facing. It is being done to us. This is happening because people are making it happen. A certain set of people with names, addresses, and big businesses. And I love that Bay Street is right there because I want them to know that the people who are profiting from a toxic, polluting system and putting us in this position, those people need to hear this message. That if they do not change that system, we will shut it down. If they cannot change that system, we will shut it down. And I will tell you what, if we go down, we're taking them with us. Because if we burn, we all burn, because we are all in this together. But that, that is the most important part, because that is why we can come out of this together. If we work together, we can make that happen. Lead Now's got a campaign going now for cooperateforclimate.ca. You can get involved, there's a lot going on, but the most important part is building a mass movement to demand climate action. It only happens if we do it together. Thanks for being part of this. Cheer for Lead Now. We have a number of faith groups here. I'm delighted to see so many people from Trinity St. Paul's United Church. That's it. The Trinity St. Paul's are every week. We also have our Unitarian Police are redirecting cars. The police have not made any actions on anybody. They're just standing around. I see a bus driver laughing. Come say a few words and thank you for being here. We are delighted to join the other faith groups, all the scientists, all the environmental groups, and everyone who, like Greta, is mad, mad at what's happening, mad because our governments are not taking action. We need to demand that they take action. All parents, all grandparents should listen to Greta's speech and then act. We'll see you all on Friday. We just have a couple of more minutes. We want to thank 51 Division for helping us today as well and we want to give a shout out to bells on danforth i see our cyclist michael where are you let's hear it for the cyclists who showed up hey everybody thank you all for coming thank you most of the cars have turned around to go back the other direction but many 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 cars are still being blocked 
The reason we are here is because we understand it's a climate emergency and we need to take bold steps. All the arterial roadways in Toronto and East York in the downtown core here should be complete streets and we should do this immediately. That way we can reduce Toronto's climate footprint by 30%. Thank you. Okay, folks, our time is... Some people are dancing and hanging out. It's been 15 minutes now. ...closest friends, and let's keep this going. We're going to be doing it until October the 7th. See you on Friday at Queen's Park. What do we want? When do we want it? Okay, see you next week. And now we are exiting the street. The action is over. There's a cell that sets my soul to shiver. Where it comes from, I cannot tell. Well, I heard it from far beyond the river. Guess I heard that gospel bell. High on a mountain hid Elijah He felt the wind and the fire that fell In the stillness he heard the sweetest whisper Yes, he heard that gospel bell But he never saw the hand that rung it How heavy was the rope that swung it They don't know how high they hung it But he heard that gospel bell Lazarus lay dead in the darkness Jesus wept for him as well but he rose up from the grave He walked out of that cave He heard that gospel bell In the sky there's a mighty glory shining To heal the darkness of hell In my soul there's a cell for which I'm pining I want to hear that gospel bell I want to see how high they ring it And how heavy is the rope that swings it And I want to hear how high they can sing it I want to hear that gospel bell Cause I want to see how high they ring it How heavy is the rope that swings it And I want to hear how high they can sing it I want to hear that gospel bell. And thank you very much. That was Max Wooliver, the Reverend Max Wooliver with Gospel Bell. Yeah. And this is the Green Majority. Here on CIT 89.5 FM. This is Stefan Hostetter in studio, Dave Hostetter as well. Saren Kaster will jump in. And we are doing our live two-hour special from the climate strike here in Toronto. Yes. And it is 
such a such a such a treat. We will be joined very shortly with uh, Amara Poisson from our time, who will sort of who will give us a sense of you know the moment. You know, here's someone who's been in this doing this work for ten years, mm-hmm. and uh, can can really speak to to where we're at right and now. She is just wading through the crowds to get here right now. Yes, exactly. Wading yeah. through the climate protesters to go upstream to discuss on air with us. Yes, and she's, as she gets into studio, uh, let me just give a, a quick uh, information about this This climate strike, in case you are unaware, is a, is, came from a coalition uh, of, of 27 organizations, S27 Coalition, is a self-organizing group headed up by Climate Justice Toronto and includes individuals from Kairos, Parents for Future, Climate Fast, Indigenous Climate Action, Toronto Environmental Alliance, Toronto 350XR, Toronto Rising Tide, Toronto People's Climate Movement, Greenpeace, David Suzuki Foundation, The Leap, Toronto and York Region Labor Council and union members, TTC Riders, 15 for Fairness, Artists for Real Climate Action, and the always appreciated others. Mm. The But uh, we are now joined uh, live by Amara. Amara, how are you doing? <laughs> Good morning. I'm great. Uh, it's so, amazing out there. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, welcome. Uh, you've made it here. I have. Uh, so what's it like? We're going we're gonna to go live in about 15 minutes, but as you've just entered, uh, what's it like out there? There are people everywhere. There are like, there are tons of people at every single bus stop on their way there. There are people on the subway. I haven't actually been to Queens Park yet, but I've been uh, checking out online. It looks amazing. Uh, the The march in Newfoundland this morning was huge. I don't know if you've seen any of the images. I've not. It's yeah. There's so many people everywhere. It's um, Greta just met with the prime minister. Oh really? Told him he wasn't doing enough. Wow. <laughs> she good. met with Trudeau. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, yeah, the more people telling him he's not doing enough, the better I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was talking to someone uh, who was who was at the Queens Park even before eleven, and they said it was already packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can I can only imagine, which will make, of course, the the running around interviewing people that I will be doing in the second half of the show very fun. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the purpose of this, and, and and thank you so much for coming on, um, is to sort of set the scene. You know, um, we've we've been we've been in climate organizing for 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 quite some time and so I think there's a bit of a bit of a, a, a moment here that is that is a little different than perhaps others and we spoke about last time you were on but I want to sort of uh, get a sense of you know um, how we got here you know what what do you makes uh, makes this moment sort of say different from from some of the other uh, marches that we've that we've participated in I think the sheer size and scale. Um, last last Friday, there were four million people out across the world. There were 1.4 million out in Germany alone. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's huge, and there were tons of actions across Canada as well. But here in in Canada, this Friday in Montreal, they're expecting over 200,000 people to be out in this march that's being led by Indigenous folks and. Um, Greta herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there will be, I, I actually took a look at the route map um, or the, the climate strike zone in Montreal yesterday. And I realized that when I lived there, I lived in eight different apartments. They were almost all in different neighborhoods, but they were all inside the strike zone. Like I, it's going to be so big. Right. Um, and what's unique about here in Canada is that unlike everywhere else in the world, we're actually in the middle of a federal election. So mm-hmm. 
it's really an opportunity for us to make sure that things don't stop here. Yeah. So let's let's get on. Let's, let's focus in on that for a second because we'll we'll be doing a lot of sort of live hits. There's a lot of energy going on today. Uh, we uh, in, the, in the second half of the show we'll be talking with interview with Ma about uh, about Toronto Environmental Alliance's work on climate emergency here in Toronto, and that sort of has some ways to bring this forward. Uh, but but obviously a big action, a big alarm bell uh, is one thing, but but carrying it forward is another. So how can we how can we carry it forward? So you'll see that there will be our time organizers all over the place in shirts like mine, black and yellow. And they'll be telling people that if they want to get involved in the movement uh, to push for a Green New Deal in this election and make sure that the momentum doesn't stop here, that we actually transform Canadian politics coming out of this moment, they'll be telling people to text VOTE or GND for Green New Deal to 67076. Um, and so we're trying to capture the momentum for today and connect people so they can continue organizing on an ongoing basis through this election. But in general, our, um, for anyone who's tuning in and wondering, like, where does this fit into a broader um, plan to transform things, you can kind of sum up what our time is doing with organize, strike, vote. We're smack in the middle of that right now mm. with striking. We've been organizing for months. We know that we're going to have to keep organizing no matter what. We're striking right now to make sure that um, this is on everyone's radar and to turn the tide. And then we're going to vote um, and turn out behind Green New Deal champions across the country. So through a very grassroots process, we've endorsed 29 people so far at r-time.ca. And anybody can go there, put in their postal code, find the champion near them and figure out how to help. Um, so we're really today we're focusing on celebrating this incredible movement and uh, ch getting ready to channel the momentum into an electoral plan, uh, and then the day the day after the election we get right back to organizing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the um, it, it's fascinating because we've we've had. Uh, Oh, we have we've got some interviews coming up uh, with some of the organizers uh, who who came you know who've organized this march themselves. We figured yeah. that uh, we figured that they might be a little busy today, so we interviewed them yesterday. But they're they're sort of talking about their 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 work um, both yesterday and actually Wednesday at an amazing amazing climate justice Toronto art build. Uh, which uh, which blew me away. There were there were 40, 50 people taking over uh, this basement of, uh, of of a mall in, in downtown Toronto. Just churning yeah. out those signs. Yeah, and and they, they will be beautiful. You know, there and and not to just that, but there's a whole like one of the one of the organizers here is the Climate Justice Toronto uh, is also the uh, is the artist for climate justice. Yes. Uh, and so bringing that sort of beauty into this into this movement as well. And that's been happening across the country. So all week, every single day in different cities, there were massive art builds and art has been such a central and important part of this movement. Um, it's yeah, it's so beautiful. I had such I had such FOMO on Wednesday. I was running a national webinar. I wanted to be there so badly. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and it just goes to show you what can be done, you know, with 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 a little bit of a little bit of attention, a little bit of action, a little bit of intentionality. Um, so, you know, so we've got like what's one of the things that they, they talk about though, it, and this is maybe an interesting conversation about for about the sort of where we stand in this sort of thing is that last time you were on, you talked about power shift mm -hmm. um, and sort of your involvement in in power shift. I believe it was ten years ago. Yep. Yeah. Um, and and in the interview uh, with Climate Justice Toronto uh, with with Cricket Chang, who who will uh, who will hear from later in this in this, in this show, um, he basically states that. This this group came out of this year's power shift, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's like that's I think we often as a, as activists can think that you know I did something ten years ago and 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 where does that come and and to fa to know that that's something that you did ten years ago keeps having these new new rippling effects uh, to me sort of goes to show the power of organizing. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's amazing. And PowerShift, PowerShift 2009, I was involved in the national ones in 2009 and 2012, and then a couple of regional ones after that. And in 2009, a bunch of us came, I was living in Montreal at the time, a bunch of us came home and we started Climate Justice Montreal. So there's actually um, a bit of precedent of people meeting at PowerShift, coming home, deciding to do something locally. And what's amazing about the groups that have sprung out of this year's PowerShift is that they're um, they're very well networked. And our time has helped with that too because they're all working on a shared campaign right now. So um, they have you know excuses to hop on calls together. We brought 25 people to Edmonton at, in the beginning of September to train them around the climate strike. So there are, there are these continued moments where people come together um, skill up, just talk about how things are going and build relationships and then go back home and you can always see that the organizing just levels up. It's so important for us to come together in spaces like that. And I think that's what PowerShift does. I think that's what our training for trainers did. Um, I think that's what any local convergence um, of groups, like I'm sure the strike is gonna do that too. People are gonna meet each other. They're gonna go back and continue organizing together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that, that that sort of yeah, time and time again, bringing people together and creating a new community, uh, it, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, and building and building um, relationships of solidarity and new alliances. I think um, seeing the role that Climate Justice Toronto has played in the in today's coalition um, has really reinforced the importance of that for me. Um, there's there are so many different as you as you were listing as yeah, I was yeah. running into the room. <laughs> there are so many groups that have come together. Yeah, exactly. And and again, we'll, cricket will be this is the next interview. So if you want to hear from from climate justice organizations, not just not just cricket, but a, a, a number of others that during this art build, uh, that's coming up right after the next music break. Um, but I want to just briefly sort of list off the the six uh, the six high, high level demands that are being made, or seven high level demands that are being made uh, by this S twenty seven coalition, uh, which is our which are uh, indigenous rights and sovereignty, defending land, water, and life, a zero carbon economy, and separation of oil and state. I really like <laughs> separation <laughs> of oil and state is a very good line. Uh, no worker left behind, uh, universal public services and infrastructure, justice for migrant rights and refugees, uh, and futures for all. And I think that I think that last one sort of is a, was a beautiful uh, collection of of everything. Right, you know, this is the, the all must mean everyone, uh, and 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 the future must go on in perpetuity. Yes, uh, two things that I feel like we've we've hundred percent not not really not really done. Um, but uh, we, we're 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 coming up uh, towards the towards the tail end, so we'll, we'll go to music shortly. But I want to get your sense of you know, you have been marching in marches for half your life. Two thirds, <laughs> like uh, all of them, I guess you, so. like, like you know, like um, and and each time uh, you know we get out in the streets, uh, there's this energy, and I, I'm curious, sort of, what what brings you out today? You know, what's what keeps you coming back? Well, one thing that's different about today yeah. is, I any other climate march I've been a part of in Toronto, I kind of knew what to expect. You know, mm. I knew where I was going to see people on my way. I kind of knew what the plan was. Uh, today, just getting here the sheer number of people who I've never seen before, who are in places I would never expect them to be. Like, it really seems like everyone's turning out. Um, and so that's that's how that feels different. Uh, yeah. And I'm, what brings me out today? <laughs> I don't know, a Green New Deal. Right. Um, the, it's relationships with the folks who are out there and just like uh, being totally in awe of this kind of organizing and just wanting to be out there and see how it's going and check in with people and, um, get a sense of 
this moment. I really hope that anyone who, I don't know if any organizers are listening right now because you're probably too busy, but <laughs> I just hope that people who've been organizing towards this moment get to take some time today to take it all in um, and appreciate each other and appreciate everything that's gone into this moment. Yeah, yeah. Take a second to sort of look out over the crowds. You know, they're, they're, my Twitter feed is slowly filling up with photos uh, and videos from, from marches. Ottawa started marching, uh, you know, Waterloo's out on the streets already. And so it's already already so much energy is, is, is going in and so much has already been done. Yeah. Um, so uh, in, in the interest of, of leaving on a, on a note that people might, you know, pe- people might want to carry this forward, right? You, as you said before, how can people uh, come together and help carry this momentum forward uh, and, and make sure that today is not, is not just a, a flash in the pan, but the beginning of, uh, of true change? So you can text with your cell phone, vote or GND for Green New Deal to 67076, or you can check out r-time.ca. If you text us, Um, We will text you this Saturday with an invitation to a mass organizing webinar that's happening on Wednesday. And that's where we're going to lay out um, our entire plan and make it very easy for you to plug into what's happening locally. Amazing. Uh, so, so you and I are about to, are gonna, now going to leave this studio <laughs> uh, and enter into the fray. Uh, so we are we will be there uh, live talking to to organizers uh, and and individuals. Really, uh, my hope is uh, my my main goal, and, I, and you all can tell me if I succeed uh, or I will find out if I succeed next hour and a half is to try to get a. I want to find a, a, a middle schooler to talk to. That's my goal. I want to find at least one middle schooler to get on air to to let them know why they are marching. I don't uh, think it'll be too hard. I don't think it will be either. Um, uh, so Amar. Thank you so much for being here, um, and and we'll be we're gonna have to do a music break right now, and then we'll be back uh, with an interview from that art build that we just mentioned uh, with a whole bunch of climate justice Toronto organizers, and and we'll see you in the streets, everyone. Yes, and this will be the song "Ideology" by Billy Bragg. When one voice rules the nation. Just because they're top of the pile Doesn't mean their vision is the clearest All right, this is the Green Majority, CIUT 89.5 FM special two-hour show for the huge climate strike that is currently uh, gathering and about to take the streets. We're about to listen to a 13-minute pre-record we did on Wednesday, September 25th, two days ago, um, with some organizers from Climate Justice Toronto uh, at the Art Build. They were putting up all these, building all these beautiful signs. So let's uh, let's go to that. Hello from the Climate Art Build here on Wednesday. Uh, here with uh, Grace. Uh, can you say your name, organization, and how you guys have been involved? Yeah, Um, I'm Grace King. I organize with Climate Justice Toronto. I actually have been leading over the past few months a huge coalition called the Climate Strike Coalition, which comprises over 40 different groups from across the Toronto area who come together weekly to plan the strike. Um, So we've got migrant justice groups, uh, we've got groups that focus on you know your typical environmental issues like conservation, but then also pushing beyond that to kind of have racial justice um, and like I said, migrant justice and all these social issues intersect and be at the front of this strike movement. 
I think this strike matters to me because it's a moment to shift the narrative around the fight for a livable future and to make sure that we're recognizing all the communities that we can't leave behind and making this transition to a better world. I think at this moment in time, the world is ready. Some communities are more ready to now look at past injustices um, and pull back the veil a little bit. Some communities have known those truths all along and have already faced things like apocalypse. Um, but as uh, a writer I really like, Adrienne Marie Brown once said, it's just now we have to hold each other and, and take back the veil together. Um, and I think that a lot of communities who've hold a lot of, held a lot of privilege are now ready to kind of look at those uncomfortable truths and move forward from there. Live here from the Climate Build uh, on Wednesday, uh, can I get your name and organization? Hi, uh, my name's Cricket. I'm with Climate Justice Toronto. Amazing. And, and, and you're, uh, I understand, one of the, the founding members of Climate Justice Toronto. I'm curious if you can tell us sort of that, that founding story. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a lot of us who helped um, found Climate Justice Toronto met back in February of this year, 2019, um, at the PowerShift conference in Ottawa. So for folks who haven't heard of PowerShift, it's this convergence of young climate organizers from across the country. And so this year was the first time that uh, PowerShift had been organized in several years. Um, and so uh, I had known a lot of these people through the internet, mostly through campus fossil fuel divestment work. And so it was really great uh, meeting them in person. This was like a three, four day summit up in Ottawa, um, covering everything from the theory of climate organizing to um, uh, hard skills like blockades, um, uh, art and banner making, um, a lot of like conflict resolution. So this like huge crash course on like everything you can need to know to be like doing successful climate organizing in this country. Um, and so a lot of us, um, even though we'd have been doing work separately in silos, uh, had met for the first time in Ottawa, even though we'd been in the same city for years. And so after that, we sort of began meeting regularly, trying to figure out what we were going to do with this, like, with these newfound connections. Um, and really quickly, we realized that Toronto, unlike other cities in this country, for some reason doesn't ha didn't have um, an intersectional, um, youth-led space for climate organizers. Um, you had that in Montreal, you had that in Edmonton, you had that in Ottawa. Um, but for some reason in Toronto, it, it's, it's been stagnant for many years, if not decades. Um, Toronto's environmental scene has been dominated by uh, predominantly white organizations, predominantly middle to upper middle class organizations that really don't speak to um, the contemporary climate movement, one that like is intersectional, that understands migrant justice, that understands indigenous sovereignty, that understands labor and good jobs for all as being crucial um, to solving the climate crisis. And so, like, in this gap, we never thought we'd do anything together, but, like, two months after February, Climate Justice Toronto was born. And, yeah, we're only months old, but I'm really proud of the organizing work that we've done together and um, what we're going to be doing in the months and years to come. Amazing, yeah. For, obviously, because it's a radio show, you can't tell, but there are so many people at this art build. We are like taking over this mall, um, uh, but but yeah. So obviously, Climate Justice Toronto is one of the one of the founding organizations or the organization that has that has started put forward this 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 strike. Uh, when, you us, when you tell us about your work uh, and Climate Justice Toronto's work towards towards building towards the strike. Sure, we're one of the few youth groups. So Fridays for Future Toronto has done a really great job at organizing the Fridays for Future rallies and strikes that have been going on throughout the year. Um, we joined in a coalition with Fridays for Future 
um, recognizing that September 27th is this really unique event. It's going to be like many times greater um, in numbers than what had been organized previously. And also we wanted a chance to intervene in terms of the messaging and the politics. Um, we really respect the work that um, Fridays for Future Toronto has already done, as well as the work of Climate Strike Canada, which is like the national organization that's been connecting the various climate strike movements across the country. But we also saw a really huge opportunity um, to inject a more intersectional and justice-centered messaging um, around, for example, climate refugees, um, migrant workers, um, talking about, for example, Canada's role in displacement worldwide, whether due to um, violence and corrupt mining practices, the way that Canada funds war abroad. We know that war is actually a huge source of um, carbon emissions as well as displacement. Um, and looking more critically um, at the ways in which Canadians um, and the Canadian state are complicit in the global climate crisis. Um, and we've, and so the result of that work has been this document, this uh, new set of demands, talking about things like indigenous sovereignty, good jobs for all, justice for migrants and refugees, no worker left behind, um, getting to a zero carbon economy um, and a just transition. Um, we've really, I think, helped to flesh out those um, the finer points so that when people march and take to the streets on Friday, um, a lot of people who are coming to this for the first time will begin to understand that environmental justice and climate justice isn't just about reducing plastic straw use um, or saving the penguins, which are all um, great and admirable causes, um, but it's also about justice for all people, right? Um, we want an economy that works for everyone, um, that um, ensures a living wage for everyone, um, one that in which there's no exploitation of workers, one that doesn't displace people and force people from their homes. And we have this immense opportunity with um, uh, the transition away from fossil fuels to do this, right? This is a huge opportunity to reorganize our society so that everyone can live a good and decent life, right? And so we want to really um, bring that messaging home for a lot of folks who are turning up for the first time because there's a lot of doom and gloom and anxiety that sort of permeates environmental conversations and conversations around the climate crisis. But in fact, we, I think, have a lot of courage and hope in the work that we're doing, and we want people to feel that. We want people to feel the power, the collective power that we have together as people when we stand up to fossil fuel corporations, when we stand up to governments which have been bought out by fossil fuel executives, right? Um, and, and that sort of like uplifting messaging is I think what has brought out like all these people tonight. There are dozens of people who are here. It's really <laughs> melting my heart, um, painting banners and screen printing um, and making buttons. Um, People are here because there's community and power, right? Like capitalism does this thing to us where it isolates us. It makes us feel like um, we're alone in our struggles. It makes us, it pits us one against each other and forces us to be in competition with each other. And instead, we're out here pushing back against that. For us, it's about cooperation. It's about community, right? And so, like, this is the future that we are building right here in front of us. Yeah, and man, and as we speak, more and more people keep showing up. It's it is it's we, we are really taking this place over. Um, okay, so I I didn't prep you this question. I apologize, but I I'm now just curious. Uh, what do you think? It, how do you see this uh, this time as unique? Like, what what's unique about right now? What's unique about right now? Um, 
I think is that young people understand the ways in which our struggles are connected, right? A lot of us have been affected by Doug Ford's cuts to education. A lot of us have been um, directly impacted by um, the way that he has clawed back and frozen our minimum wage at $14 an hour. Um, our economic struggles, we understand what it's like as a generation to be experiencing precarity um, in an economic sense, precarity uh, in an environmental sense, and precarity permeates our everyday lives. We are... we aren't certain about whether we're going to have a livable climate. We aren't certain about whether we're going to have stable, well-paying jobs, right? And so, and we're, and um, a lot of us experience racism or discrimination because we're queer or trans. And so I think what's brought a lot of people here together today is understanding that these different struggles and fight for liberation um, are actually interconnected and that we have so much shared power when we come together, right? F me fighting for my liberation as a queer person actually does not bump up against uh, another person fighting for their liberation, um, fighting for cl like climate justice, right? When, when we come together, um, we are able to take on the structures of power that have marginalized young people, that have denied us of things like affordable housing, um, good jobs, um, free public transit, right? Uh, and free tuition. And so we like, are saying like no more to that. Like yes to coming together, yes to holding each other, um, and being in community with one another and holding the space together. Um, and I think we're we're winning. Like we are turning out in unprecedented numbers in the streets. Politicians are quivering. The other day, Catherine McKenna, who's our Minister of the Environment, she blocked the Twitter account of Climate Strike Canada, the account that is run by young teenagers who have been going on strike for the climate. Um, why? Because they confronted her about her decision to purchase the Trans Mountain Pipeline. If she can't even look us in the eyes, to justify that decision, we cannot expect her to have any sense of political leadership or integrity, right? And and she knows that. She knows that she has lost her legitimacy as a leader, and that's why she has blocked them on Twitter. Um, and that's a result directly of us consolidating our power, right? Amazing. And and last, uh, thank you so much for your time. And and last question: uh, Why are you marching on Friday? We're marching on a Friday because we are unstoppable. Because we know that another world is possible. This is how we make our rage visible. This is how we demonstrate that we do not consent to the status quo. There are so many things that are being done without the consent, without our consent. Um, and like I said, um, the clawing back and freezing of the minimum wage, um, the fact that tuition is being deregulated, um, the fact that teachers are being laid off in scores and scores across the province. We did not consent to this. And so we are making um, our anger and our refusal to accept the system known by showing up in the streets. And protest is just one powerful, is one way, it's a very powerful way to demonstrate our, our refusal to um, accept the status quo. But besides protests, we are organizing in so many other ways. We are um, building power um, at the ballot box. We are organizing in our communities. Um, we're creating spaces where we can come together um, and just relax um, after a long day, for example, um, of working a really crappy minimum wage job, right? Where we can take care of each other, feed each other, right? So that we can stay strong together. Um, and yeah, we're, yeah we are, we're out here. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. My name is Anna Osterberg. I am with Climate Justice Toronto. Climate Justice Toronto um, has quite a few members on it that um, have headed up the climate strike. And we're going to have a large contingent present um, at the strike on Friday. Young people are finally 
um, making their voices heard and the world is listening to them. Um, we have an election coming up. It is extremely important that our leaders know that young people and workers, um, migrant workers, indigenous communities um, are not going to stand back and let subpar climate plans be passed again. Our leaders need to know that we are going to take to the street and protest um, to uh, protect our futures. All right, live here from the Climate Strike Art Build on Wednesday. Uh, can I get your name uh, and organization? Uh, my name is Elvin Velasco. I'm part of um, AECEO and um, Climate Justice Toronto. Um, I'm marching because I work with children and um, our world is important and it has to be a sustainable place for our future generations. So I'm marching for the kids I care for. And this is uh, still the Green Majority, September 27th, CIUT 89.5 FM. Thank you for continuing to listen to our two-hour special on the climate strike. And right now we're live from Ottawa with Lauren. Lauren. Hi, how is everybody today? Great. Stefan uh, just left with Amara and Megan to go uh, to the uh, strike in uh, Toronto and uh, speak with some strangers and have the time over there. How's it looking over there? It's looking absolutely amazing. I don't know if people can hear in the background, but um, I'm currently standing off to the side <laughs> up a flight of stairs on Laurier <laughs> Ave in Ottawa, which is like one of the biggest thoroughfares in the city. And it is warming with young people. Um, wow. The March route actually had to be kind of like reworked on the fly because the park where everybody is supposed to meet had so many people in it that, that the contingents of young people converging there couldn't couldn't stand anywhere. So we had to keep marching. Um, wow. Yeah, it's been really, really incredible. It's people as far as I can see for blocks and blocks and blocks. Amazing. And have you guys started to march yet? You're, you're waiting till 12 or? Um, no. So I was with a group of young people from the University of Ottawa. Um, and we started marching at about 10.45, leaving uh, Ottawa and winding our way to the city through really popular areas like the Byward Market for anybody who's ever been to the city of Ottawa. Um, and now I, it looks like we've met up with other contingents of young people, and, and we are making this slow trek to, to Parliament Hill uh, to be there for um, noon, I believe. Mm. And what's the, uh, what's the presence of uh, like cars and police and so forth? Are you like... Uh are you are you um, sort of sanctioned or are you are you sprawling? Um, we're pretty sprawling. It's honestly it's hard to get a real handle on just where the crowd is spreading because there are so many thousands of people here today. Um, but uh, but yeah, so like the group of young people I was with initially at University of Ottawa, uh, our route had been pre-planned. All the roads have been pre-planned with with police, so it's 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 somewhat sanctioned, but. Um, but there's sort of no telling where this crowd will go because at this point we're having to spill into into sort of uh, unsanctioned areas, I think. Wow, yeah. And Stefan was listing off for us earlier all the different organizations that are uh, part of this strike and all the different uh, uh, kinds of young people, I suppose, that are, uh, that are getting out. And we spoke with um, some people that had actually been to that power shift you were organizing in February, and they were like, oh, we started organizing because we met in power shift, and here we are. So are you, yeah. getting, are you getting a sense of this amazing convergence of all these different uh, groups and, and uh, what's the age what's the age like? Yeah, it's, it's incredibly broad. Um, I've definitely met some people uh, in sort of the, the week coming up today who, who got involved at PowerShift, whose who sort of passion for climate justice has maybe sparked or catalyzed at PowerShift. But 
I'm also seeing super young people who definitely haven't haven't been or, or heard of power shift before. Mm. Um, like right now, I, I'm looking at a girl who looks like she's no older than 10 years old. Um, and, and of course, there are parents here with their children as well, showing their support for younger generations as well. So this is really, really, truly, although it's a youth-led movement and, and the crowds are overwhelmingly young people, it's, it's intergenerational for sure. Amazing. Yes, I was on my way here to the studio and I was getting... Uh I wouldn't say accosted, but uh, I guess uh, saluted by uh, like 13-year-old boys who were telling me, "Oh, congratulations, good on you for having that reusable mug," and they were yelling, sh they were yelling shame at all the motor vehicles. And then I looked further down the street, and there was an even more massive group that I couldn't count of uh, like young teenagers holding signs and yelling, and just the, the sheer volume of it uh, impressed me in terms of the pitch and uh, intensity of energy they were able to achieve beyond other. I mean, I haven't gone to too many climate marches, but there is there seems to be something fierce about this. Yeah, there's there's something different about today. I know I was comparing sort of the estimated march numbers today with um, the last like really truly massive climate march that happened back in 2014, the People's Climate March in mm -hmm. New York City, um, and that march I think amounted to it was it was nearly a million people globally, but it was something like 400,000 people in New York City. And in order to get those 400,000 people out in New York City, it took Bill McKibben and 350 releasing a movie six months beforehand and, like, people from all over North America converging mm -hmm. um, in New York. Meanwhile, uh, it's, it's, it's estimated that 500,000 people are going to converge in Montreal alone today. Wow. So when you take into account the, what, 2 million people that came together last Friday and the millions or potentially millions more today, it's this is groundbreaking. This is history making in the moment. So anybody who's taking part today should, should feel like they're really part of something special. Wow. And uh, so you, you, do, do you think that you will be, so you're, you're sort of apart from the march right now, is that correct? You're standing away from the march? Yes, yeah, I'm standing maybe 20 meters away, just, uh, yeah, like I said, up a flight of stairs. Oh, true. And they are flowing towards a convergence point. Are you going to be stopping at some point and then celebrating? Um, I think at this point, the stopping point is Parliament Hill. Mm. Um, so, so we're flowing down uh, Laurier Ave, which runs parallel to Parliament, and then we're going to be heading up towards uh, Wellington, which, um, yeah, for people who have been to Ottawa know that that's where Parliament Hill is, um, and that's where everybody in Ottawa is converging today. Are you seeing any uh, intriguing fashion or music or singing or, uh, <laughs> or, or, or just sort of strange artistic bodily postures? Um... So far, nothing, nothing too <laughs> out there. So far, it's just a whole lot of really, really great signs, some some creative placards, uh, some great illustrations, especially I'm seeing from high school students. Mm. Um, I think it's because they're, they're regularly encouraged to flex their creative muscles a little more than the rest <laughs> of us. But, um, but no, really great singing, some really cute dogs. Oh, I'm looking at a really cute bulldog right now. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> um but yeah, just um, an awesome energy and awesome creativity out here today. I can't uh, wait to see what comes next. Yeah, it, sound, it sounds lovely over there. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much, Lauren Latour. I think we're going to uh, allow you to get back to your uh, celebratory and also uh, revolutionary festivities. <laughs> Thanks so much. Hopefully and, I can uh, find my friends again. Oh, yes. Sorry for that. Hopefully you still have, uh, well, you still have cell service, so that's something. Yeah, it'll be good. All right. Thank you very much. Good on you. No, Continue uh, your thing. Yeah, thanks so much. Good luck with the rest of the broadcast today. Thank you. Cheers. And uh, so, yeah, so now we're going to turn to a uh, quick music break. I think this will be Young Galaxy.
new summer. This is still the Green Majority on CIUT 89.5 FM or one of our much-appreciated radio syndicate partners. We're now with Stefan Hostetter, live at the Climate March in Toronto. Stefan. Yes, uh, it is huge. Uh, I don't know how well it can be here through the phone, uh, but uh, it is like they're, they're, we're currently just doing circles around Queen's Park to, to keep everyone, uh, to fit everyone in. Um, wow. Yes, we couldn't have Sorry, yes, we, uh, Lauren said something similar. She was shocked by the numbers in Ottawa. We just spoke with her. She was losing it. Yeah, no, it, yeah, there are so many people. Uh, so I'm, I'm here uh, with a few of the, of the marchers, uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it over to you. So uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, can you get your name and organization and, and why you're marching? My name is Sarah. I'm here organizing with Extinction Rebellion, the Toronto chapter, and I'm marching... Uh, because I don't think we need to continue to be complacent uh, and um, in the system. On October 7th, we invite you to come and uh, disrupt and peacefully uh, declare rebellion on the systems that are destroying us. And uh, some more, here we go. Uh, so your name and uh, why you're marching. Hello, I'm Christina. I'm here with uh, the Social Exergy and Energy Lab at York University. And I am marching for a just and uh, democratic renewable energy transition. And because, uh, because of this uh, wonderful uh, coincidence, we have a friend of the show, Tim Nash, uh, who just happened to walk by. Uh, so, so, Tim, uh, do let us know uh, who you are and, and why you're marching today. Uh, hi there, my name is Tim Nash. I'm the Sustainable Economist. Uh, I'm marching for my nieces and nephews and, you know, all these kids that are coming up beyond me. Um, just saw a few babies who I helped uh, set up their RESPs, and I know that their education is going to be paid for with sustainable investments. So my heart is just absolutely bursting out of my chest right now, and uh, hear from some other people. So... I, I did tease that I was going to try to find some youth voices, and I have found a 10-year-old, uh, which I'm going to pass over. Uh, so, if you ask your name and, and why you're marching today. My name is Nora, and I'm marching here because I want climate justice. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, so, um, so as I said, I will, we'll, we'll, we'll send it back to you. We'll call, I will call back again shortly, uh, but uh, I will send some photos if you can't find us on the photos uh, at... Uh, at uh, S-P-E-H-O underscore is my Twitter handle and post them. Tag in the Green Majority and C-I-U-T and all these things. Uh, this energy is unbelievable uh, and looking forward uh, to seeing all of you. Actually, just, uh, and so we will, we will come back here shortly uh, and have a, we'll back chat you. All right. Thank you, Stefan. Live at the uh, Climate uh, Toronto strike, which is happening huge worldwide right now. It's just getting, it's, bursting, Sarah, and it's bursting. And uh, right now we're going to go to a pre-record uh, with M.A. Ma, who discussed uh, uh, her organizations and other organizations' victory, uh, getting uh, our mayor, John Tory, to declare a climate emergency. And so here we're going to listen to that interview right now. 
We are here with M.A. Ma um, of the Toronto Environmental Alliance. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, Great also, to be back. Yes, exactly. Friend of the show. Um, and so we are talking about something we actually, we, we, it's funny, we were talking, uh, we were texting during last week's show uh, because we were hoping we might get a, might get a, might get a declaration uh, or a push to, for this. Um, and then more has happened. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, what is happening in Toronto around, around the climate emergency? Sorry. All right. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start from the beginning of the story, which is that a bunch of climate groups got together, uh, Toronto Environmental Alliance and a number of, you know, ally groups, uh, local groups that have been working in Toronto for some time. We're all members of the Toronto Climate Action Network. And we thought we want to develop a joint platform uh, that we can use to get Toronto to declare a climate emergency, but not just a declaration of words, a declaration that commits the city to action, to deeds, to move the needle further than it is right now. Yeah, and and at the time we, it was that was like we, we were sort of working together uh, over over the summer with just really just trying to get aligned, um, and that was the first goal. And then and then suddenly things started ramping up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so there's so much that needs to be done when you come together to form a coalition or a group, you know, of like-minded folks who want to advance things. You have to be clear what needs to be put at the forefront, and that's always a difficult job. So anyways, we worked on this for a number of months. We produced something um, that we were happy with that really focused on a number of key things, you know, accelerating climate action itself, looking at a net zero city, really emphasizing like the equity aspect of, of climate action. So climate action that delivers tangible benefits to communities, but also recognizes that there are people that are disproportionately impacted um, in our city, uh, including, and they really need to be recognized and included in climate action, and climate action needs to speak to their needs and priorities. Um, you know, we're always advocating for increased investment um, and multiple levels of government, including the city, need to come up with real plans to fund climate action at yeah. the scale needed, right, yeah. to, to meet the emergency that we're truly in. So anyways, we put a number of sort of key points forward, um, developed this joint statement, started reaching out to other groups, not necessarily in the environmental sector, because this is a concern across the board. People know that this connects with every other aspect of life, whether it's housing or transit or decent work. And we ended up getting 50 plus organizations to sign on to this, 50 and counting, because people are still signing on right, right now. And, and can you sign on right now if you're an organization? Yeah, we're taking organizational sign-ons for sure. Um, so anyways, on Friday, uh, Mayor John Tory uh, announced uh, that he was going to be putting forward to council a motion to call for a climate emergency. And, you know, fortunately, our platform was ready to go. Uh, so we released it. Uh, we released it to the mayor and council and, and the public. And it had 20 recommendations around how to make an emergency call like this substantial. You right. know, have teeth. Yeah. Um, and we were, we were lucky to get some good uptake uh, in the media and uh, lots of public support. Yeah, and, and you know, and we've seen many other declarations of climate emergency be be toothless. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's whether or not it was you know the the Trudeau one a few months ago, which which came with no real actual appetite, yeah. or other places and things. And so the idea that that it was not just emergency, we really needed to make sure that it that it mattered. 
absolutely. And, you know, I think those kinds of declarations, when they don't have substance, can do more harm than good. Because mm. then people become disillusioned and they stop paying attention. Um, so anyways, we released this. Uh, we, you know, we at the Toronto Environmental Alliance launched a resident engagement tool so people could contact their counselor and, you know, copy the mayor and express their support um, and, you know, call for urgency. And uh, this morning, the mayor uh, tweeted out and made a, made a press release indicating, you know, what was going to be in this motion. So you can actually look at the mayor's Twitter feed and see the motion that's been drafted. And it really does reflect a lot of our demands and concerns. So I'm really happy about that. I think it's a real victory uh, for civil society, community folks that have been calling for these things for a long time, and also an acknowledgement of the real groundswell that's right now being led by our youth in these global days of action. And, and so, can you can you lessen what is the thing? What are the what are the, what are, the what's in there? What are yeah. we what are we getting? You know, there's a lot. There is asking for. there are a, quite a number of points in there. So I encourage people to read it. But I'll just highlight some of the things that you know we called for that are really important. One is getting Toronto as a city on the pathway to net zero. That didn't exist as a commitment, so if this motion passes, a new target would be set that gets a city to net zero. Um, they're looking at 2050 with the possibility of modeling it so that we can actually do it sooner by 2040, which is what we called for. Um, in there, of course, is a commitment to quote unquote explore, you know, funding mechanisms, fair funding mechanisms, uh, and, and look at integrating this into the 2021 budget cycle. Um, you know, there is a stronger overt focus on equity, which we're pleased to see. So a commitment to apply the city's own equity lens to, you know, trans the Transform TO climate plan decision making um, to ensure that these strategies include and benefit equity seeking groups. And, you know, very importantly, to collaborate and consult with Indigenous communities on the development and implementation of the plan in accordance with the city's own commitment to uphold the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Um, one other one I will flag up, or two other ones I'll <laughs> flag up because they're just so important and the community should know about them. Uh, there is uh, the initiation of a plan to become a green investment city and exclude fossil fuels from city investments. Oh, wow. Otherwise really? known as looking at divestment, wow. um, which listeners of this show will be f very familiar with. Uh, this is a really big step. I, I cannot believe city. that. Yeah, I, I can't know. believe that he signed on to that. Yes, we're, we're really, really happy about that. And the last one I have to mention mm. because of where we are right now <laughs> is to collaborate with youth, including youth from equity-seeking groups, to increase their participation in the development and implementation of the Trans Transform TO Climate Action Plan. So I'm going to stop there, because mm -hmm. that's a lot of bullets. Oh, yeah. But, you know, there are other really important things in, in the motion as well. And, and where can they find that? Um, so you can find it... Uh, at the uh, the mayor's uh, Twitter handle, right, right, right. So <laughs> you can also find our response uh, to it by T, which is on our website. Hmm. Okay, uh, so mm -hmm. okay, so so we've gotten that far. So we've yes, now we've we, we, that we, far. we now have the we now have the mayor uh, aligned. Uh, some of the other councillors have yeah. signed on already. Yeah. So, so the mayor put forward the motion. Right. It was seconded by Councillor Mike Lane, hmm. who has been an environmental champion on council. And this is going to be voted on at the October 2nd council meeting. So like next week? Yes, next week. It's coming really fast. Right. Okay. So, so let's, this, we're clearly in a, a week of, of tons of, of climate uh, action and intention. Um, but this is, to me, something that like 
if we can get this passed on the second, that's like a, a huge feather in the cap of this of this week of action. And so, if people are like, okay, I, I'm hearing this, I'm 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 listening to the radio, so I'm at home, I presume, or so in their car. How can I make sure that this gets passed next week? Uh, what can people do to help with that? Yeah, thanks for that, Stefan. Really, what we need them to do is go online and uh, do the action that's on our website. So you can go to torontoenvironment.org um, and you'll find an action where people can contact their counselor. We've got the tool set up so it's easy. It'll locate your counselor based on your postal code. It's got a, a letter to your counselor there that you can adapt if you like, but it has these key points that we've talked mm -hmm. about. And we want council to vote yes right. on this. It's really important. This will be a precedent-setting motion for a Toronto City Council if it passes. Yeah, and so so it passes in the second, and then and then like we've we've experienced uh, you know this before mm -hmm. of, of of these targets without without action. Yeah. And so I guess what after this, what are the things we want to make pay attention to to ensure that that this ends up, the teeth that sort of have been built in yeah. actually get used? What can we where what what yeah. what are deadlines there? So basically it creates an accountability framework. Mm. So there are a lot of things in this motion which means that council has to start them in this council term. So they can't wait till they're all trying to get reelected next term and kick the can forward. Like it really is a solid commitment to starting these types of actions now and building on the work that's being done through the Transform TO plan. What it has is several, uh, you know, strong measures that will increase accountability, like setting interim targets and asking for annual reporting on a number of things so the public can know more easily, like, how are we doing, particularly in that very critical 10-year window to 2030, mm -hmm. essentially. Like, this is our goal. Ramp up action now. Yeah, this is our decade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so, all right. So, so, so basically keep on it basically <laughs> like, you know, keep on it. We need to, we know how it goes, right? right? It is the role of community folks and civil society to keep pushing our elected representatives at all levels to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm encouraged that council will vote the right way. And hopefully after they vote the right way, we're going to keep on the pressure, um, and hold them accountable to these commitments. Yeah. Uh, okay, and so okay, so to pivot because uh, this show is the is the climate strike show. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we'll quickly move on. To, I have two questions given sure. given give, on on from that front. Uh, and the first, uh, you've been working on environment stuff uh, for 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 quite some time. Um, and so I'm curious uh, if you sort of see this moment that we currently live in as as different or as unique, uh, and and if so, why? I see it as building on everything that's gone before but in a really important way. So there's a groundswell and this groundswell is led by our youth. And, you know, we have created, I use the Royal we, but mm -hmm. basically decades of government inaction, if I'm being specific, have created an intergenerational burden. So these young people are out there literally fighting for their lives, fighting for our collective future. Um, and that is something that has turned out to be very powerful because they're creating a climate, for lack of a better word, where politicians have to pay attention to them. There's so much momentum on this right now, and I think you know the, the motion that's been put forward today really shows that, right? We are in a situation where politicians are being compelled to act, and that's a very good place to be, and we just have to keep it moving. So you know, I'm going to the strike right. to support our young people uh, and their allies, and also acknowledge you know, all the work that's been done to date by 
indigenous people um, who've really been leading on you know, climate action and being, taking care of Mother Earth better, um, and all the activists for many years that have been you know, raising the alarm and you know, moving us forward as a society. Uh, uh, you actually answered my last, my last question, which was going to be, uh, why are you marching t- yeah. today? But um, So I'll, I'll leave instead with a, uh, how people can, can stay involved and, and stay paying attention to, the, to this climate emergency issue. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of ways to stay involved. I, de- I definitely encourage people to follow the youth-led movements, the Fridays for Future and, you know, Climate Justice Toronto, you know, here in our city. Yeah. Um, you can also, you know, follow uh, developments on, you know, Toronto Environmental Alliance website, if you like, and, and stay tuned to the media, great media like the Green Majority. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. This is the Green Majority, still CIET 89.5 FM, live from the Toronto climate strike. It's massive. Stefan, what's happening? Yes, we are here. Uh, we are live. Uh, we've got a couple more marchers uh, to jump in. Uh, Erica, uh, give me your name, organization, and, uh, and, and why are you marching today? Hi, I'm Erica Reyes from WiseBart, the reusable container system by deposit in Toronto that is working to make the takeout less trashy. And I am here today to advocate for an economy that makes more sense, a circular economy. Thank you so much. More live for the march. I'm Sherka Prasada. I am from Global to Local Health Consulting Incorporation. And the reason I'm marching is it's about time. Hi, uh, I'm Shona Fulcher. I'm with the Center for Social Innovation. And the reason I'm marching today is if we don't make change now, we're not going to have the choice in the panel to do it for us. All right, let's go to the music break, and then we'll be live right back with more, uh, more people from the march. All right, thank you very much. We're just going to go to a protest chant recorded earlier this year.
is still the Green Majority, live from the Toronto Climate Strike. Stefan Hostetter, what's going on? Uh, yes, I, I am here uh, interviewing more people uh, as to why they are marching. Uh, it's starting uh, with you, uh, Dihan. Uh, your name and, uh, and why you're marching. Hi, my name is uh, Dihan. I'm from the uh, French Goods Company. Um, the reason I'm marching is that um, we, even though we run a business that's socially responsible, we feel that impact can only be had at a much grander, bigger scale through policy change. So I'm here as an individual today to advocate that to our governments that they need to take bigger change. And at the same time, businesses uh, are available to provide solutions. Our business, the Frankfurt Company, takes um, buy products from other businesses and then find connect them with another business that can use that so that those byproducts don't end up in landfill, therefore reducing greenhouse gases overall and instead using it to feed people. So their climate solutions exist today, so businesses and individuals can definitely work together to make this happen. That's amazing. Another world is possible. Thank you so much, Dihan. Uh, Tara, name and uh, why, organization if you like, and, and why you're marching. Hi, my name's Tara. I work for the Center of Social Innovation, and I'm marching because it is simply a moral imperative. We need to get our shit together as a society, um, for our future, effectively. It's a financial issue, it's an economic issue, it's a social issue. Um, all, all of our dreams, all of our children's dreams, our futures will not be possible if we do not come together and solve this. So that's why I'm here today. Thank you so much. Moving on to Mina. Hi, I'm Mina James. I'm an artist, and I am marching today because... I'm so concerned about the small shrinking window we have to fix this very giant issue. And I'm, I'm really scared about the planet we're inheriting. When I get old enough, I will see the first sort of beginnings of uh, extinctions of whole species, and it's already happening. Uh, and I just don't know what we're going to leave to our future generations. And this is not just um, for, like, our country, but it's for the entire world, and it's a moral imperative. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mina. Uh, one more, and then we'll head back to the studio. Uh, Alana, uh, name, organization, and why you're marching. Hi, I'm Alana Ben-Ari. Um, I run a uh, toy company called 21 Toys, and I'm marching because I'm a product designer, and I think product designers have a responsibility to be really uh, conscious of what they put out into the world, um, but at the same time, I think design and especially those who understand design thinking are the ones who can absolutely help with um, how do we solve this complex challenge. We're incredibly creative, um, and collectively we've done pretty incredible things. And I, I'm marching to hopefully give some hope that there's still a way that we can contribute in a positive way um, if we all collectively decide to do so. Thank you so much. Uh, we okay. As you can see, as you can probably hear, uh, things are uh, the march has is honestly still circling Queen's Park to ensure that we have enough space for everyone. Uh, it's going to be absolutely massive. Uh, so we'll send it back to the studio, and then we'll we'll call back in again soon. All right. Thank you very much, Stefan Hostetter, on the field on the ground, live at Queens in Queens Park, Toronto. The climate strike is huge, and we're going to go to a interview we recorded yesterday with uh, Ali Rejo from Fridays for Future. So please play that, Saren.
here uh, with Ali from Fridays for Future. Um, but perhaps we can get your, for the, for the listeners, let's get your full name and affiliation. Right, so my full name is Aliena Rougeau, very French, uh-huh. um, and I'm the coordinator of Fridays for Future in Toronto. Amazing, and, and so h- how did you get involved? Let's start there. I, so I've been involved in some form of environmental activism since I was 10, um, and then I did human rights activism because I lived in south of France with, when the refugee crisis uh, hit kind of its full speed. And so I always had that knowledge that climate change was going to be a human rights issue. But when I was about 15, I started realizing it was an imminent issue, but not tackled well enough. And so, you know, until Greta started striking, I was always very frustrated. And I was trying to organize in my schools, but never found that I was affecting the system that I wanted to affect. So when she started striking, I found that brilliant. As a French person, I also love the idea of striking. (laughs) And so... Um, yeah, then I met a few parents that had very young kids that also wanted to do something but didn't see themselves as leaders of a youth movement, and so which makes sense. And yes, so they uh, honestly, honestly, kudos. Uh, absolutely, to, like, and they've they've remained big supporters and huge helps, but they've always wanted to center it around youth, which was really appreciated. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I guess in, in December I met them in December 2018, and then in January I kind of started. Um, trying to take the lead on it, and now we're here. <laughs> yes, right, yeah, now we're here, nine, 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 nine months later. Um, I guess, so I, I'm realizing that uh, on the radio, they might not recognize you are youth, uh, so, so you're, you're, you're in school right now. Yeah, I'm at the University of Toronto, and so I'm 20 years old. Right, um, and so, so that started in, ja- in January, um, so you started taking more, more of a leading role, uh, and how has it grown since then? It's grown, I'd say, like exponentially, right? We had 30 people in December and maybe 45 in the first one in January. And then by March 15th, we probably had a little less than 1,000. And by May 3rd, we had almost 3,000 marching. And then tomorrow on the September 27th, we're expecting, I don't know, 10,000, 15,000 at least. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's growing every day. both, I'm quite excited to see actually the, the final numbers. It's going to be incredible. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and so you sort of did May, and then you you sort of spent the summer uh, planning, I guess, really for this for this back to school in some ways. Yeah, the summer was a, a mix of really planning this big September so that we had the outreach we wanted, and also we had kind of a deeper movement than what we had before. So I've always felt like I was emergency planning because I was kind of kind of thrown into it or threw Mm. myself into it really and so um you know we reached out we kind of formed a coalition with other social groups and that included um you know indigenous people that included migrant rights networks 15 in fairness unions so over the summer it was that but it was also um i had the chance to go to europe um and go to the summits there which was fridays for future Europe, plus those who could. Mm-hmm. Um, Greta was there. A lot of key figures of each country were there. So it was also about learning what others were doing, the success of Europe, and how we could bring it back here. Mm. Yeah, and so did, what did you learn? I think, I mean, first of all, I wasn't surprised to see that. Something that I knew is that in, in Europe, um, I think people are more easily just taking the streets, whether or not they're experts on a subject. If they feel like it is 
important to them, more or less, they'll just go. They'll just attend strike. And so I think um, part of their advice couldn't even apply to Canada because we don't have the same culture of always defying our governments. We have more trust in our government. Um, but I think it did give me a lot, a lot of strength and just, you know, we learned anything from like mediation techniques when, it, when things weren't going so well, um, songs that can uh, unify people, and then just really good ideas, like the fact that we would share moments that were bonding and, and nature moments that weren't actual organizing, but they helped us so much. Um, chants to really, and like songs. Mm -hmm. So I think it was really um, the, the activism training that I had needed and that I had never had because I just... So so the, clearly like these strike, the strike movement, what separates this strike movement, I think, from, from some other movements is the youth focus, right? Is the fact that these are, these are people being like, yeah. this is my life that yeah. I'm being forced to live in. So I'm curious, sort of what... A, why is the youth voice so important to you uh, and making sure that you, that you are heard, really? Um, and uh, yeah, to start there. Yeah, I think I was kind of surprised at the beginning when people would be like, oh, that's great, and present me as a youth activist, and I would get introduced all the time as youth, and I was like, why does it matter? I'm just, mm. in my head, I was just an environmental and or a human rights activist. And then I realized that it's because youth had actually been you know, put out of the conversation for so long. And then I realized, you know, there's a, there's a huge problem of people that have very short-term thoughts when, you know, you're, you're 60, you're not thinking of the same things. So I realized we had a huge legitimacy and we, we weren't represented anywhere. Um, and so I think that's part of the reason why it's so important to have young people in it is because they, they bring in that part of we have to live with the consequences of inaction. But then there's also what I love about young people is that you don't, most of them, like there's no interest behind it. They have no money to make out of this. We're really putting our like free time on this. We're putting our social life behind this. Like we have nothing to gain out of it except just a stable future. So I hope and I, I see it as just really an interest free and a nonpartisan and just really like we just want to move forward and together instead of we already internalized a bunch of divisions, we have all these constraints. So it feels more, more pure and just it goes faster in a way. Right, yeah, right. And, and, yeah, that, that sort of, there's that element of, you know, we, we can't have vested interest, you know, I'm eight, you know, like, like Exactly, like, you know, like, I mean, I'm not like, loyal to a party because right. I've never voted before. Right. Like, right. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's a, it's a, it's a, is powerful, I think, and, and really hard for the sort of traditional ways that that sort of you know environmental sort of to be silenced so often uh, to sort of be like, this is I'm just here, right? It's, this is me as a citizen, as a human being. Even yeah. you know, again, you can't, yeah, like so much, especially because so many people can't even vote, right? Yeah. Like, and and so you, this, you're part of the Toronto, but there's a there's yeah. a national network. Yeah, Climate Strike Canada is the national one. Yeah. And the way it, it happened was really funny, actually, I found, because it was just a few people in Vancouver, a few, a, a good group in Montreal, and a few across Ontario that we were just organizing simultaneously, but not knowing it. And then I think it's from someone called Rebecca from Vancouver that said, who else is doing this in Canada? Let's figure it out. And so on social media, just like through Twitter, because I, I use Twitter a lot, and other places, you know, she found me, she found a lot of other people, and it kind of created a group and then it kind of blew up and we were able to provide, you know, like kits to people that wanted to start. So it was the ultimate grassroots because it was really, it happened at the same time. And then at some point someone tried to connect us and it just took from there. Wow. Um, and so obviously this, this began uh, as, as uh, high school students. 
um, given given the nature of credit being sixteen, and then everything else. and so and then I was high school students and and university students. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know, but the how difficult it is to sort of organize, you know, high school students who who can't, you know, who who sort of are limited about what they can do, right? Like you know, they can't drive. Like how like how do you like you know? I'm curious, sort of the the the, the way you've worked through that. You know, the funniest thing is that, so in Montreal, university had a huge role, but mm. in Toronto and most of Anglophone Canada, most of my like team, I want to say, are high schoolers. Mm. University students have been, sorry, but extremely apathetic, extremely subtle react, and they were putting themselves the constraints adult put themselves. Is this even possible? Yeah, but I have other things. I have to do my laundry and my... And high schoolers who have like school from all day and who, as you said, they're not as flexible, they were the ones that were still on the calls. And th so actually it's been harder to get university students involved hmm. than high schoolers who just, they made it happen. We made it happen. So I knew that, you know, the week of exams, they wouldn't answer and that's okay. Right. And I knew that there's a high turnover because especially when it was younger, so high school, old enough, but middle school, it's hard. Sometimes you're just tired. You don't want to go on Slack and right. answer. And so, you know, it just worked out. So in a way, it, it was funny, but I discovered that... The high schoolers are ruling all. Yeah, they really are ready to. And I don't <laughs> know if they just feel it even more. I right. think maybe, maybe social media allowed the spreading of this kind of catastrophe more. And so mm -hmm. they fully internalized it, but they did. Wow. The wow. only hard part is trying to organize through Instagram group chats because they don't use Facebook anymore. <laughs> um, I'm, <laughs> I'm very grateful for them to do our social media because I'm, I'm not that social media literate, but sometimes... <laughs> yeah, sometimes you sort of like, it's, it, I can make an event on this thing. Let me do the yeah. thing. That's, that's very funny, actually. Yeah. Um, what, makes, what makes tomorrow different? What makes, uh, what makes this moment in time... Uh, you know, different or, and again, maybe, maybe, you know, yeah, from maybe the times you've seen before or, or even from earlier this year, right? Like what, what, why now? I mean, I think what makes, you know, this week different is that it was chosen because there's this, this climate summit and there was this huge thing on the 20th, but in Canada we said we're waiting until the end of it. And so there's like, it's been, you know, people were getting FOMO kind <laughs> of, and, and people were, it, there's been a huge anticipation. So first of all, there's like, what is going to actually happen? Um, which is interesting. You rarely have that. Usually you have reactions after the strike, but right now momentum just is building before. I think what's different is also that I actually have never seen, you know, so many unions giving us funds, like giving us human power. Um, I've never seen just so many different segments of society that usually don't even interact that much. I mean, we've kind of lost this like intergenerational dialogue. We've had to have it for this time and it's been like working well. Um, I think there's just, yeah, it's the anticipation that makes mm -hmm. it so different. And it kind of feels like the culmination of, you know, there's been four decades of actual activism that happened, science, but mostly deniers. Mm -hmm. Then there's been a whole year of craziness, you know, like, right just absolute like what is happening these people in, are striking and and now people know what the movement is are su are happy to support and are coming out so this just feels like the accumulation of all of it right right um okay and so uh so last question uh why are you striking i'm striking because i know that everything i love or i even have is at stake i know that there's going to be no stability uh, whether it's, you know, 
financial or anything else if we don't tackle this. And I mean, part of it is also that when you see a problem and you know that it was created by us and that we have the solutions, you really feel like, I just have to put the, the link between the two. This isn't some, some unnatural like force that just is coming um, from outside that we don't have any control over. This isn't. <laughs> like sometimes I see like the dinosaurs weren't ready for it either. No, this isn't the dinosaur case. Right. This is us that are able to actually stop it. So I see just a huge potential for actually shifting this. Um, so that's what drives me the most probably, yeah. Amazing. Uh, so uh, Ali Rougeau, yeah. nailed it. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for Friday's Future. And uh, well, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. All right, and this is, you are still listening to The Green Majority on CIUT 89.5 FM. We are live with Stefan Hostetter from the huge climate march in Toronto. People are striking for climate action, and it's happening right now. Stefan. Yes, yes, tomorrow is now, uh, after talking to, talking to Ali. Uh, I'm here with some more interviews, uh, so let's go to the first one, Kayla. My name is Kayla. I'd say I've been an environmentalist and been involved in environmental movements for most of my life. What I think needs to happen is a system needs to change. I'm really inspired by youth leaders and especially girls who are demanding that change. And I'm standing, marching in solidarity with their leadership. They are going to change the world that we need to desperate. If you can't hear that, there's about a 15 middle schoolers beside us chanting, the climate is changing, so why aren't we? Uh, going to another interview. Here we go. Hello. Uh, so, yes, uh, my name is Samantha Green. I'm a family doctor and member of the Canadian Association of Physicians for the Environment. And I'm here because climate change is the number one health threat of the 21st century. And we obviously have to do something about it urgently now, yesterday, um, in order to mitigate all the health threats to those people in the planet. Thank you so much. Uh, and one more uh, with, a, with someone who also has a, a, a small child on her back, which is the best. Um, uh, so your name, organization, and why you're marching. Uh, so my name is Eileen Nicole. Um, I'm a family physician uh, working in Toronto, and I'm marching today because I recognize that uh, climate change is the biggest threat to global health in the 21st century, and that uh, we need to take action right now as physicians we are advocates, and we need to advocate for the Canadian population and the people everywhere because uh, climate change is threatening everybody and everything. So uh, I'm really happy to be here. I'm so proud of our youth for everything they've done, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be part of this amazing uh, event, and I hope it will result in political will to actually take action at a systemic level to really make changes. Thank you so much. So we'll go to a music break. We are now at the march, at least where I am at the march. I have no idea how big it is. Are now turning south on Bay, uh, but I, I, there's a there's there seems to be a never-ending stream of people in front of us and behind us. So who knows where everyone else is? But uh, yeah, let's go to music break and then we'll come back. All right. So uh, thank you, Stefan. This is going to be a song by Slack. It is called "Zip Me Up." <laughs> Thank you. 
Stefan. Yes. Yeah, so we are still live. The Green Majority, CIUT 89.5 FM. Stefan Hofstetter is live at the Climate March. Stefan, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Yeah, so we are, I am surrounded by uh, an innumerable number of people currently marching down uh, Bay Street. The sun is just coming outside behind one of the towers as a few different uh, helicopters ring above us. Uh, you know, this is a huge cheer after, uh, as you can hear, maybe or not, uh, coming out of uh, after one of two uh, marches going at SoCal, which is getting a round and round with us. People are having an absolute good time. Um, the energy here is overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, so, yeah, we're getting... Uh I mean, we can't hear much from the background, but we are hearing uh, some very strange, distorted uh, noises uh, leaking into your cell phone. So it sounds uh, sounds pretty tight. Yeah, no, uh, it's like uh, as I mentioned earlier, there are uh, there's so many young people here, uh, and I don't know when uh, ten year olds began to learn marching songs. I certainly <laughs> didn't, uh, but uh, there are they are very good at the math. That's for sure. Nice. And are you? Uh, are you are you seeing like um, people with interesting uh, clothing, or is there is the is the art out? Is the fashion out? Or are you just? Oh seeing... yeah, oh no, yeah. There are there there have been uh, many people on stilts walking through mm. around. Uh, we're I'm walking directly behind a uh, a gigantic fish that was just been built out of out of trash. Uh, so many people are have brought creativity uh, for signs and There are more flowers here than I possibly would have imagined. Uh, as you hear, we are now standing. What do you want? Climate justice. We want it now. Um, and it's unbelievable. There's like, there was, we passed a couple people in uh, full animal, animal uh, costumes. I would say that our currently our, 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 our most favorite guest was a, uh, a dragonfly that joined, uh, that joined and landed on Megan as we were walking. Um, and so, you know, all, it's not just humans that are up to this March day, it's everyone. Wow, so you're being you're being graced by the uh, tiny little fairy-like creatures of, of the most beautiful and delicate wings. Yes, exactly. Um, and you know, it's 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 like the 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 number of people is almost everyone has a sign. There is just like uh, you know, and it's like there, there's a Friday, and there are more five-year-olds here than I have, have like any climb march I've ever been to. It's, un, it's incredible. There's, it's not just it's parents, it's kids, it's professionals as we as we've heard. Um, it's, this is truly, truly, I think everyone, um, uh, it sounds like and, you're yeah. all feeling the fever down there. Oh yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'm going to look, uh, I'm going to go back into the crowd, try to find a couple more people to interview. Uh, so, uh, so I'll call back in in a short second. All right. Thank you very much. So we'll talk back to Stefan in seven minutes. We're going to play an interview we recorded with Andre Forsyth, a climate organizer we recorded yesterday. So let's uh, turn to that now. Uh, Andre, if you want to give us uh, your, your name and uh, organization. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Andre Forsyth, and my organization is Canadian Climate Challenge. Amazing. And we've been, so we've been using uh, your website actually the last couple of weeks to talk about what the events are that are coming up. Um, and so I wonder if you give a sense of like, what is, the, what is climate Ch Canadian Climate Challenge? So Canadian Climate Challenge is uh, a project that we started earlier this year, essentially to aggregate access to all of the climate events that are going on in the city of Toronto. Uh, we found that there's a, kind of a bit of a barrier of entry uh, to try and keep up with all of them. So we created the site so that way it's easier for people to, to who aren't in our space 
to gain access to it and to come out and and uh, join the actions and to support. Right. And and so clearly that's been you know given this is climate week that's been this is like this is a big thing. So how how have you been sort of doing that this week? Um I actually don't know the answer to that question. Um, <laughs> no sleep, I think, is, is probably what. No, um, we've had, we've been working with a lot of the organizations who are putting on, on uh, most of the events in Climate Week, keeping in constant contact with them. Um, they've formed a coalition, so they've been meeting quite regularly. So plugging into those meetings um, and keeping that line of communication open has been essential to making sure that that information is, is accurate for anyone who comes to the site. Hmm. And, and then you've been going to them as well. Oh, absolutely. So that, and that's kind of the other side of, of what we do is so we create uh, access to the events and then we go to as many of them as uh, humanly possible and create content so that we are, we, we're doing our best to increase awareness about what's going on in Toronto. And so, okay, so as someone who I'm going to say has probably gone to more of them than most people, <laughs> I, I wonder if you can give us a bit of a sense of, of, of sort of how it's been, sort of what, how, what's the, how the people have been, what's the vibe been for the last you know, week? Well, uh, that's a great question. So essentially, the amount of events has gone up considerably in this past week, which we're really happy to see. And there's been a range of events, so whether they're youth uh, focused or whether it's uh, you've we've got faith groups hosting events um, you've got panel discussions you've got um, art projects the the entire scope is out there the climate picnic was very cool uh, and that's kind of part of why we wanted to have the site was so you can see the the range of different ways that you can get involved in this space and choose what appeals to you so you may you may have already you may have not made this one in which case we can cut this question um uh but did you go to any of the vigils so the vigil i did not make it was on a sunday night and it was about six days straight at that point of going to events yeah uh so i i had a meeting monday morning so i i I had to sleep totally fair it was it was because it was all night vigil it was just one of the things i remember being like this is like a fascinating thing but yes um so, so the, so to, to sort of turn back and like, it's not just, uh, you are doing both sort of this accessible thing, but you also have a, an art, uh, and, and sort of other side of this angle and you do, and you have one more event, which, you know, everyone's sort of acting as if the, the, fr- the Friday is the best, last big thing, but no, there's more. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So Friday is absolutely the most important event of the whole thing. As we all know, the climate strike for justice and the ensuing concert that comes afterwards, uh, absolutely the most important important day but we wanted to host something um, in conjunction with Fridays for Future at the Fun House on Queen West um, to kind of I mean everybody's dealing with a lot of heavy subject matter we, we have a very positive tone right now because we're seeing a lot of the action but the reality is we're facing some very difficult topics and it's our our youth who are who are shouldering most of that responsibility right now so we um, we chose to have an event on Saturday um, that is kind of something they can leave the week with on a positive note. Um, we, we're at the Funhouse is incredible at combining art and technology. So we're having kind of a, a day to come relax at the Funhouse, get involved with an art project that will then um, will then be integrated into the larger art project that we are launching um, coming up in April. Ooh, so <laughs> we will. So we'll get you back on the show to talk about that in the future. But can you give us a tease right now? For sure, absolutely. Um, for those of you who've heard of the Green New Deal, um, what we're basically trying to do is bring that to life. So taking the incredible craftsmanship and technology on in um, 
in the funhouse and applying that to the the challenges of the Green New Deal. So we can we can bring that to life and show people how incredible Toronto can be when we do rise to these uh, sustainability challenges. Sweet. Um, and so, so turning back now towards uh, you know the, the strike itself, um, uh, what what about this moment in time strikes you as unique? What about you know we've there's there are people who have been listening to the show know that we there like the show's been on for twelve years. We have covered many strikes and mm-hmm. marches before. Of course. Uh, so so what is what's unique about this moment in time? So I think I think there are two main things that are unique about this. Number one. Uh, uh, the feedback loops that we're seeing right now are making every single IPCC report that has come out an underestimate of, of what's happening. So I think as at this point in time, it, it couldn't be more clear how much all the worst case scenarios that we're putting out there are actually nowhere near what's actually happening. And, and this, the other side is, is the way that the, the youth globally have stepped up to this challenge and are leading that conversation. I think those are the two things that make this the most unique and that are, are getting people's attention. Sweet. And uh, the, the final question we're asking everyone on the show, uh, why are you marching tomorrow? Um, excellent. So uh, I'm marching tomorrow and our, our team is marching tomorrow because we want to convey the, that when you get involved with climate action, real positive things can happen. So we're there. We want to. We want everyone to know that if we take this action, if we work together, that the solutions that are currently existing are are definitely going to make a huge difference. So if you just come out, get involved, and, and support what's going on already, we're going to see a considerable improvement of of what's going on in our lives and the potential for our future. Amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Andre, uh, for climatechallenge.ca. Uh, and we'll... All right. Uh, that, uh, yes, was Andre Forsyth. This is The Green Majority on CIUT 89.5 FM. And we are back again live with Stefan Hostetter at the Climate Strike March in Toronto. Stefan, what's going on? Yes, thank you so much. Uh, we've now made it to Bay and Gerard. Uh, everyone is sort of standing around. There's been a, a bunch of performances going on here. Uh, letting uh, big uh, big finance understand uh, how much is important. I have three more interviews, uh, and then uh, from from the thing, and then we'll and then we'll go. So let's start uh, with here with Barnaby. Hi, I'm Barnaby. I'm uh, I work at Climate Ventures, the Center for Social Innovation, and uh, just blown away by the turnout today. I, it feels like like a big shift in, uh, of momentum. And I'm here, Martin. Uh, I'm about to be a new dad, so that's really brought it, made it very real for me. And and seeing so many kids out here is uh, is both uh, really heartening and, and heartbreaking. And so, uh, really happy to be marching along with two amazing people. And I'll pass it to Zoya. Hi there. Oh, hi. Uh, my name is Zoya, uh, and I'm uh, from the Center for Social Innovation. Um, and Today I am marching uh, because uh, it's important that we're uh, in solidarity with youth who are taking uh, their future uh, into their own hands. And hi, my name is Jay. Uh, this is day two with Climate Ventures at the Center for Social Innovation. I'm marching today as well to support all the young people that are rising up uh, in solidarity. They shouldn't have to lead this. Um, but we're seeing this like broad swath of people joined together, and uh, it's exciting. And I just think that things are finally starting to change. Um, so yeah, 
Uh, thank you so much. Um, oh, Lisa. Uh, uh, hello. Um, I am live on the radio with the Green Majority. Do you want to say why you're marching? Sure. I'm marching today because if we don't take action, 420 million people are going to be exiled from their homes. And with the countries who are emitting the most emissions closing their borders right now, we're going to have the biggest human rights crisis on our hands that we've ever faced. All right. Uh, as we as we close, that is the last of the interviews that I have. Uh, I am now walking by a, a fully constructed oil pipeline uh, that is making its way through, uh, through Bay Street and Girard. More people keep showing up on the sides to join. Um, it has been an unbelievable already day, and it's only just beginning. So if you are in the Toronto area uh, and just walk out of your office building and join this, please do. Uh, if you're anywhere else, uh, look into what, uh, what MA said about the climate emergency here in Toronto. Uh, text that number that, that, that uh, Amaro provided as a way to get involved with our time and make sure that this one moment uh, carries forward for the rest of our lives. Uh, with all that, uh, I sign off from the Green Majority here live at CIE, live from the march for CIUT 89.5 FM. Uh, have a wonderful week, and we'll throw it back to the studio. Thanks so much, team. All right, thank you very much. Stefan Hostetter live from the Toronto Climate March. It has been a special two-hour episode of the Green Majority on CIUT 89.5 FM. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a wonderful green week.